This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 105, sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe and Netflix. Hey, welcome to iFanboy's Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode 105. My name is Connor. I'm here with Ron. Hey, and we're here with Josh. Uh, oh. Awkward. Oh, where is... Oh. Okay, so we have a little bit of a situation here. Uh, for those who don't know, this is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. We talk about comics. We like comics. We read comics. Each week, one of us picks a book, and then we uh, write a review on iFanboy.com. Then we come here and talk about it. Um, and, before, and before you listen, we might spoil some things. So if you haven't read your comics, pause. Uh, this week, Josh had the pick. Um, right. But he's not here. So uh, we're going to trudge on without him. Josh is in the hospital. At this moment, he is living uh, the ER Grey's Anatomy uh, magic. <laughs> uh, he had an appendix problem. They removed it. He's fine. Uh, he's actually literally out of surgery as we recording this, but 
clearly not able to talk about his pick of the week. And honestly, we don't know when he will be. So, um, yeah. so we will be setting up uh, donations that you can send. No, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally, totally kidding. He, he's. I think he has insurance. He's insurance, right? I think so. All right, good. Whew. Um, but anyway, but if you want to send a get well note to Josh, you can. Um, there'll be a spot on ifanboy.com where you can give your wishes to him. Um, so yeah. Okay, so. Josh's pick of the week was The Trials of Shazam number 9, which, Ron, you bought, but you didn't read previously. It's, it's funny how fate plays a different, um, play, you, know, uh, you know, plays a role in these things. Um, because I'm, I'm out here in California, I was able to see what Josh had picked before I bought my books. And because also Josh was homesick because he had appendicitis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so um, what happened was is that I was like, oh, he picked Trials of Shazam number nine. I was kind of surprised by that. So I said, let me give it a shot. So I bought it. And so thank God I did or else neither of us would have read it. <laughs> it would have been awkward. I, yeah. I, I bought the first trade of it. So I've read one through five or six, whatever is yeah. in that trade. And, so so uh, why, don't, why don't you give us the setup? Because I've never read an issue of this comic before ever. Okay. So. Um, the basic idea of Trials of Shazam is that – and I don't remember the exact details of the beginning because it was a while I read it ago. But – the wizard Shazam is no longer the wizard. Okay, so Billy Billy Batson is no longer no wait the wizard is no longer the wizard. The, wizard. the wizard's name is Shazam, the old man right. that gave Captain Marvel his powers. Right. Okay. Uh, he's no longer the wizard. I don't know, I don't remember why. Not important. Okay. What is important is that is like as as Josh said in his review, everybody in the Captain Marvel world is taking one step forward, like a rotation. Which I gotta so be now, I gotta be honest, as the purist in me, the idea of that of like changing those roles and everything would freak me out if I was like a Captain Marvel fan. But like from a third party standpoint, that's a great concept. That's a great conceit. It's a great concept, but it's also very well within the DC yeah, yeah. Of, the, of legacy. But so now Captain Marvel Billy Batson is new, the new wizard, wow. the new Shazam. And Captain Marvel Jr., Freddie Freeman, is now set to become the new Captain Marvel. But before you can do that, he's got to go through the trials of Shazam. He has to um, confront every, every god that has Shazam's powers. You know, the S-H-A-Z-A-M, all staff are different gods. Right. And he has to go to, like, Atlas and, and uh, the other ones, Mercury. Can you, can you name them all? I know S is Solomon. I know M is Mercury. H is Hercules, uh, right? Hercules, Atlas. Zeus. No, not Atlas. Uh, Zeus. Uh, Apollo. 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 And um, Alice. And Mary. <laughs> um, no. That's Mary Marvel. Yeah. So, so this is so this miniseries is about Freddy going through the trials of Shazam. Um, he's not the only one, though. Uh, word is out that the powers are up for grabs because uh, he, in order to obtain each god's power, he has to complete a trial so the power is essentially up for grabs so there are rogue evil elements also after the powers so he's he's not only going through the trials he's going through the trials while fighting off these people who are trying to get the powers for themselves that's what i know from reading the first trade okay and it's written by judd winnick and it's um and the art was by howard porter right the, the art the first the first i think up until this issue right uh howard porter which is a different style than you're used to it was um sort of painterly yeah, he, I know how, he evolved I know his how style. He, yeah. yeah, well, he's, he either evolved or he, he traded style for this this comic. But usually, when that happens, it's not as good. Carlos Pacheco is one of those people who did that, and um, but but actually, it worked for for this book. Yeah, uh, I heard nothing. I heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah, word is he hurt his hand and um, his drawing hand. So that, this book has been delayed forever. This book's been going on for like two years, or only issue nine. Um, he hurt his drawing hand. He tried to work through it and injured it further. But it's important to know that he's okay. He's going to be all right. It's just that he can't draw, which right. kind of sucks for the dude. But um, it sounds like DC is um, – they're just giving him covers and stuff like that, and he's gonna, they're going to help him come about slowly, which is pretty good. So, um, but, so, so who was the artist taking over for this the one? The artist for this one was a Mario Cassioli. Um, who, you know, you know, aside from by name, but also by look, is a very kind of Simone Bianchi kind of look to it. Right. Um, you know, so that gives you the kind of idea. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't awful, but it was. Um, so anyway, so this is so this is issue nine, where uh, essentially um, Captain Marvel, Freddie Freeman, Captain Marvel Junior is uh, is fighting Apollo, and from now I haven't read a fucking word of this comic book yet i have no idea what's going so how on how did you how did you take it then it was pretty good i'd read more yeah. yeah i would read more um it starts off where apparently um uh shazam uh billy batson shazam he's he's now in a white costume and he's got yep. white hair yeah okay he's holding up the world because something happened to atlas 
Right. And he's got 12 hours to get back to the Rock of Eternity, and apparently Apollo has been pegged to take Atlas's spot to hold up the world. And But he's been living amongst men and has a family – um, has right. kind of rejected godhood, and he don't he don't want go, he doesn't want to go hold up the world. He wants to stick with his family and all that kind of stuff. So the story is kind of Freddy and him fighting and arguing. Um, and I thought it was really cool because it's it's kind of starts off it's raining and they've got swords and there's a very Matrix kind of e you know you know you know Freddy jumps over the sword as he strikes at him and he's got this very Matrix like pose and it was you know um, and they're fighting and they're kind of fighting out in public and you know at one point Apollo throws Freddy into a building and he falls in front of like a Starbucks and it's literally like. Every possible public cliche you can find. There's right. like there's like a, a, an old woman clutching a child. There's an old man running. There's a woman pushing someone in a wheelchair. You know, it's like it's like it's like quick. Let's represent humanity. Um, it's like the uh, Batman getting rid of a bomb scene. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you can't get rid of a bomb. But I thought it was interesting that you know Freddie goes, you know Apollo, we can't do this out here. We need to go where where nobody can get hurt. And Apollo goes agreed, and they pause the fight to go somewhere where they they won't run into the public. Which I thought was an interesting note because usually you know they fight without any responsibility. It seems very steeped in reality, which I thought was a good balance between the kind of, you know, it's freaking Apollo and, and Captain Marvel Jr. fighting for the powers of Shazam. I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. Um, now that you've explained the premise, that explains the chick with the dreadlocks. Who, yeah, she's that. Yeah, yeah, she, who I had no idea what her role was. But essentially, long story short, um, they fight, they fight, they fight. Um, Freddy finally talks Apollo into taking his role as, as Atlas and giving him his power. But he only gives him um, half his power, and he says, "I'll give you the I'll give you the other half when you find somebody to replace me in holding up the world." Um, and so, but so they said, "What about the other half?" And he's like, "Well, the other half goes to another." And this chick with the dreadlocks gets half of his power, and it ends it ends with the book with her saying Shazam, and she's got a um, a Black Adam esque costume, and and it was talk about you know I got to give Judd, Judd Winnick credit. Judd Winnick apparently he went to summer school and learned how to write cliffhangers. Because right. between Green Arrow, Black Canary, and all that kind of stuff in this book, you know, it just ends with her standing in the Black Adam costume, and she's like, "Is it just me, or did everything get a lot more interesting?" And then da da da, it ends. You know, like he, I mean, Judd Winnick is writing good comics. I, it's just a testament that I was able to pick up this book without reading a single issue. I mean, with the general working knowledge of the Captain Marvel family and kind of what was going on, um, like I knew what that this book existed, but I was able to pick it up and read it and enjoy it, and it was a good story. I mean, it was. Well, it's you know, a mark of a good comic if you yeah. can do that. Then yeah, exactly. So. I'm sure Josh would have shared those opinions. God, re- God rest his soul. Uh, oh no, he's fine. He's fine, I, everybody. I did not envy his pick of the week because I thought, on a whole, this was a really strong week. It was a it, well, not, it was a weird week because um, I bought two Marvel books. Right. Well, there's not a lot of Marvel books out. Well, no, yeah, that's what I thought was really weird. I bought uh, I bought a bunch of DC and I bought a bunch of kind of indie stuff too, which is which is kind of cool. It was a weird week, but it was a very very strong week. Um, what out of the gate would have been your pick? Uh, I don't know. Wow. I still, I still don't know. Justice Justice Society of America number ten would have been one of the contenders. It was it was really really good. This is Jeff Johns, Dale Eaglesham. Uh, this issue is where. At the end of the last issue, the Kingdom Come Superman appears in the DC Universe, and this is the first issue where he's really um, amongst the people. And it was just, it was, first of all, it was fantastic because you had Alex Ross doing interior work for the, for the pages that took place on the Kingdom Come Earth. Yep. Which was great because then you got to see him return to. But those were the. the I mean, they just reprinted two pages from Kingdom. No, Come. No, these are original. Oh, they are. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. oh, this wow. is all new original Kingdom Come art. Oh, okay, cool. All right. So that was very cool. Yeah. Um, I but thought, I, I love – I could have sworn these are pages from Kingdom Come. Not according to the interview. I read it with Jeff Johns this week. Wow. How about that? So he yeah, just he just repainted these two pages. No. These are new. Okay. All right. I got to go yeah. dig up my Kingdom Come. I'm pretty sure they're the same pages. And, well, uh, well, then Jeff Johns is a liar. All right. Fuck him. Anyway, um, I can stop with the cursing. I apologize. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, no, when, when I've turned – well, first off, I mean because apparently we find out in this issue that – the moment in Kingdom Come when Shazam takes it, when the nuclear blast happens, right? Um, this is the moment where Superman from that 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 multiple Earth is pl- plucked out of. Right. So literally, he gets there and his cape is incinerated, and he's got a hole in the back of his uniform. His uniform is all torn to shreds. So I thought right. that was a really interesting place to pluck him from. Yeah, he originally um, he had initially asked if this is heaven because everybody he he thought these people are all dead. Right. Um, and it's just, it's just great. He's he's got. Dale Eaglesham draws him differently than super, he's not just like Superman. He looks, 
he looks like the Kingdom Come Superman. He's thick. Yep. He's he's yeah. He's he looks more barrel chested. He's yeah. He's big. He looks sad. Yes. Uh, he's, he looks like he's got the weight of the world on him. Which is um, which is funny because at one point um, when he's trying to leave and they they kind of fight him, they kind of tussle with him. Um, what's his name? Starman. Uh, uh, Changes, you know, increases his mass so he can't, yeah. so he can't get up. But, um, but then he actually is so strong that he breaks through that, which I thought was an awesome scene. And it was yeah. a great, it was a great image of like, you know, all the Power Girl, Flash, Hawkman, Wildcat, all dogpiling on Superman, trying to keep him down. And then he just, bl- he just, you know, shoots right up, and it was awesome. Yeah. I thought it was really good. So, um, uh, well, so Starman is from this comic is also from the Kingdom Come World that's been hinted at. Yep. So, so you've got that weird dynamic between the two of them where Starman says, hey, it's my friend Superman. And no one else quite knows what's going on. Um, Superman's all confused because he thinks he knows his people, but he doesn't really. They're all different versions of the ones he knows. Um, and he, this is an example of what we get when we have multiple Earths, which, yes. is, which is not a bad thing, you know? Yeah, I think uh. you, when it's used sparingly, so this, I mean, if this happened every month, it would lose its power, but right. this is, I think there's a lot of emotional weight to this comic where um, especially if you've read Kingdom Come, you know the place he's at in his head. Yep. Um, and and it's, and again, you've got a great moment where he he rushes off to save save a suicidal girl, um, showing again why Superman is is inspiring. You know, it kind of stops all the action to to run off and save this girl, and and, and everybody's in awe of him. It shows why he's Superman. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, I thought this is again. I mean, this is ten issues into the series, and this is this is quietly one of the best things DC's putting out. I think. Yeah. Um, this is this is clearly what Jeff Johns's main kind of talent is being used on this book. It's just it's so good. I mean, and I, I don't even really, I don't even know that much about the JSA and these characters, and I've just I've fallen in love with this this series, yep. this, this this title. It's really and it's going to lead to interesting things. At the very end of this issue, the Justice League shows up. Yeah, be, and we got Superman facing Superman, which I thought that was kind of cool. There was a bunch of cool little moments in this. Yep. You know, I mean, like there's the you know there's the moment of you know uh, towards the end, like after he, after he publicly saves the girl, you've got Batman, you know, in the Batcave, you know, watching it on TV, and then you've got. Um, and and he's was he looking is that the kryptonite ring he's looking at? Yeah, he's looking at yeah. the kryptonite ring, yeah. And then um, it's a little dainty. Yeah, a little dainty. I think it'd be a little, a little more like bolder. It doesn't it looks, even look like it's gonna fit on his pinky. It looks like a woman's ring. Um, <laughs> and then you've got then you've got Flash. You got Jay Garrick and Barry going into the Flash Wally. Museum. Wally, sorry, Flash Museum, trying to find the co- the 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 time tread the cosmic treadmill to, to go through time. But Jay wants to use it to go to different dimensions. Uh, right. Which I thought was pretty cool, um, and then you've got this—you know—the kind of the other plot line where we've got this kind of dark and mysterious kind of figure who um, who is claiming to be a god. Um, right. Now, my question is that—is it Gog? Well, that's the big mystery. Yeah, that's the one they won't comment on. So it's possible, I and mean, he's, he's certainly killing people in a way that Gog would. Yeah, and and what wasn't Magog in Kingdom Come a follower of Gog? Yes. Like, well, yeah. So I mean, so this is the tying. This is officially the tying in of Kingdom Come into the DC universe, which is kind of a big deal. So right. But uh, this is there's a great. I mean, this is just full of great scenes. This is a very. There's there's a little bit of action in the middle, but it's mostly just a lot of quiet talking. Yeah. The opening where they're where Alan Scott and the guys are talking to Superman, and in the middle where Superman talks to Obsidian, and then Superman saving the the woman with the jumper, and then and then the stuff Ron mentioned. This is just a really. It was this was like a powerful emotional comic book. Yeah, absolutely. So that would have been a close pick of the week. Yeah, um, um, but you would have had a, another surprising close pick of the week, wouldn't you? <laughs> All right, X Men Messiah Complex. I wasn't going to buy any more X Men comics. I told you yes, a while I know. back. But I've been bugging the shit out of you, haven't I? So I bought this one. Um, <laughs> it was really good, <laughs> wasn't it? It was really good. Um, this is Brubaker and Silvestri, and it's the kickoff of the Messiah Complex crossover. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I need to correct you. It's Brubaker and possibly Silvestri. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I make that comment because Mark Silvestri, who you know got a start on the X-Men and, and, and rose to fame with the Image and Top Cow, um, he did the pencils on this. And it's interesting. If you read – if you creatively read the credits, you've got Mark Silvestri's The Penciler, and you've got – then you've got Joe Weems – and Marco Galli as the inkers, and you've got Sheldon Mitchell as the background assists. So yeah. it's kind of a team effort, really, and you really kind of see it 
towards the end of the book, if you ask right. me. The, 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 the art really kind of starts to break down as it gets to the end of it. There's one page uh, with the Marauders, uh, I think when, um, towards the end with the Marauders, where I was just like, oh, oh, that's not a <laughs> mystery, but, you know. But whatever, it's still, oh, no, no. And there was one, there was one page towards the, actually towards the very end when it's the second to last page, and um, it's when the X-Men are in the, the jet and they're leaving the scene. Cyclops' face. Cy- it, it, that did not look like Sylvester's art at all. No, it yeah, it was very, very weird. Anyway, so, nonetheless. But um, this is this is the X Men that I was looking for when Brew Baker came on the scene, and this is the X Men. If this had been like this from the beginning, I would have been all for this. Fuck yeah! You know why? You know why this it's is got good. The characters you care about. No, it's got the characters you care about. Okay, yeah. it's got villains. Yep. You've got the you've got you've got the common. You, the, what you've got is you've got a trifecta of awesomeness in this. Is that you've got. Mr. Sinister and the Marauders back together who feature who are featuring Gambit and Sunfire and all these people who are close to the X-Men who are the villains they're the bad guys. Right. And then you've got this these you've got them are going to have a common enemy in these kind of covenant guys the the guys that the with the that the Marauders were fighting. Um is that are they called the Covenant? I'm forgetting. What are they called? I can't find it in the book. Hold on. The uh the uh chosen or the something yeah, the guys with the big crosses on there. The there. purifiers. The purifiers. That's what it was. I want to say covenant. I think covenant was the older one. Anyway, so you've got these purifiers who are out to and and what we've got is we've got bad guys. So no right. longer this heroes and heroes and all this kind of stuff. You've got clear out villains. And then what you've got is you've got stakes. Is right. you've got is if you got what you've got is you've got mutants are no longer a mutant. You know, because of uh, M uh, of M Day and Star- Scarlet Witch, there are no more mutants. So what happens is that. In this town in Alaska, which seems to be a recurring theme in the world, <laughs> it's the new, it's the new red. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, in a small town in Alaska, a mutant is born, and the X Men are seemingly the last one to the scene, <laughs> which is kind of like you might want to look at Cerebro uh, there, Professor. Xavier. Cerebro, well, it blew out Cerebro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, blew out Cerebro. So the X Men scramble to the scene. They get there after a battle, and this um, these purifiers who wanna who who they just want to get rid of all mutants, raise the town. And the Marauders were also there looking for the first mutant, and and so you get the idea that Sinister has a plot going on that we don't even know about. That we don't we don't know what the, we don't know what the game is yet. We're still kind of right. kept in the dark. It was just everything that makes the X Men good from like ten years ago, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean this is this is what I remember X Men comics being like when I read when I when I bought them back then. But the thing for me is that when I read Boot Breakers Uncanny, it was like. All right, half these people I don't even know who they are yep. on the team. The other, the other half I don't really care about. They're off in space. None of this, none of this makes sense to me. So I stopped buying it. Then I came back, and the team was still full of people I just didn't care about. It. It felt like to me, it was a book for really idiosyncratically fanatic X Men fans. You yep. know. Yep. And this is more mass appeal. You know, Cyclops, Angel, Nightcrawler, Wolverine. You know, White Queen. Right. And these are the people that I know. These people that I understand. I don't. I don't need to worry about understanding their motivations or who they are and this is why I wanted to read the X-Men and this is too bad I'm not going to well, no, that's the th- that's the thing because what I was going to say is that so now this continues. This is a one shot. and It's going to continue in, ne- in Uncanny X Men, which comes out next week, and then X Factor, New X Men, and then X Men, and then back to Uncanny. X- this is an old school crossover. This is yeah. Extinction Agenda all over again. So you're going to have exposure to the characters that you may or may not know. Mainly the New X Men and maybe an X Men, um, an adjective list. But you'll know the Uncanny guys. You'll know X Factor. Um, and I'll be curious to see if they keep the story to just those characters, or if you'll see the Cyclops, Wolverine, you know, Nightcrawler right. team across all those books. I would like you to keep reading this, Connor. I will pay for your books to keep reading this. <laughs> How about that? I will. I'm strongly considering it simply because this was this was really fun. Just just say yes. I'm going to pay for him. I'll pay for it. All right, him. fine. Okay. You're going to send me the money from California. I will PayPal you the money. There you you know what? You know what almost got me to not buy this? What? Gambit. <laughs> you don't like Gambit, do you? I hate Gambit. You know what? You know what it was worth it though was freaking. And this is what gets me about the Marvel universe is that Angel is back on the team, which is awesome because right. Angel's just been. I like Angel. Angel's awesome. No, I don't know why. No, I don't know where he's been. He, last I saw him, he was in the pages of Hulk. I don't know how he, why he's in the in the jet. I don't care. But like the continuity freaking me kind of wants to know. Like, okay, how did they decide? Okay, Angel, you, you're with us. You know, but right. whatever, it's fine. Um, but it was I agree with you, Brubaker. This is the Brubaker everybody wanted on X Men, and it was awesome. Yeah, this is what I thought I was going to get when he came on the scene, and I'm happy it's here. It's just right. I wish it was you know a year ago when he started. Yeah, understandable. understandable. Um, the other co pick of the week. When I read Justice Society, I was like, wow, pick of the week. And then I got further into the stack, and Action Comics 858 was freaking awesome. It blew me away, and I said, oh my god, if I had to pick of the week, I would have 
I would have had to cut the baby in half. You know, that's awful. Oh my god. Um, you know what's we know what's bad is that this is the this is the first issue after this is the new arc, right? So Donner's yep. gone, and yep. Powell is not on. Is Gary Frank is doing pencils and with right. um, Jeff Johns, right? Yes. Um, I did not pick it up because I didn't care for Gary Frank. And I I love, norm- Gary Frank's one of my all-time favorites. I love Gary Frank, but his Superman kind of freaks me out. He's got the bulgy eyes. Well, he does, but he also looks a lot like Christopher Reeve, which is cool. Yeah, no, I did. I did see interior pages and at the store, and I was like, "Oh, it does look kind of good," but I didn't pick it up because I had to draw. This is again where we suffer without Josh because I actually bought Josh this comic. Listen, he's not going to be here all the time. You got to get used to this. <laughs> well, I knew you didn't buy this, and I wanted somebody I else, somebody else to have read this, so I bought this for him to read. But um, well, why was it this, good? This was like. And I'm I'm always getting pulled back into Superman. <laughs> you I, are. It's, <laughs> I keep getting out, and then they keep pulling me back in. Um, I came back for Gary Frank, and this is like, this is this is what Jeff Johns is is possibly magical. <laughs> he, he's doing a good job, isn't he? He might be a magical creature because this is like what Superman comics should be, and I don't know why they haven't been up until now, but um, it's just. He he's I think Jeff Johns is performing his own little re- retcon of the characters. Like he's bringing Superman back to for years and years and years. Clark Kent's been he's they've taken off the goofy image of Clark Kent. He's just been sort of like the dashing reporter, which isn't really Clark Kent. It makes it harder to distinguish between the two characters. You know okay, what I mean? Yeah, I understand. I understand. Makes the the Superman Clark dynamic not so easily differentiated. So now you've got the return of sort of the bumbling Clark Kent, which we saw. Back when he came back on the book with Richard Donner, but now it's really it's really a set in stone here. And then you've got Superman, who is not uh, the big Boy Scout. He's okay. kind of you know he's he kind of gets pissed off. He you know he he's got emotion. He's kind of funny. Um, he, at times he looks like he's really having a blast with his powers. And it's just he's a really interesting character with with Jeff Johns. And this is. Um, this is this is like fun and exciting Superman adventures. Now the plot of this is the Legion of Superheroes um, comes back in time to um, basically it's, it's oh, the Legion is confusing sometimes. But it, it Superman, fight, Superman fights <laughs> Brainiac. He gets a message from the from the future saying, um, "Hey, Cal, we're the Legion of Superheroes. You don't remember us, but we need your help." Um, See, Superman's like, "I don't know who you are," and Brainiac zaps his brain. We get we get flashed back to Clark as a as an outcast teenager getting picked on by the jocks. Nice. Um, but he, he knew he was off on his own in the cornfield running really fast and jumping. And then They, lo- they love that scene, don't they? Yeah, and then the Legion, the Legion come, and they say, hey, um, it's not always going to be this bad. You know, in the future, you're going to be this, this great man. Just buck up, son. And then they, he gets sucked back into the future with them and, and into an adventure. Um, Yay, adventure! So it's, it's, it's just, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know much about the Legion. I don't really have never really cared for the Legion. <laughs> But um, it's it's presented here in a way where you don't really need to. Okay. You know, you you, you pick it up as you go along, and what's really great is um, is Superman from the Superman adult Superman. We, we come back to the fu- the present. He goes to the future with with the Legion of Superheroes, and um, so he's in the future. He meets up with some, there's some guy shooting some ray guns, and he figures, oh well, Superman, I'll stop the ray gun. So he walks up to the guy, puts his hand up to block the blast, and it goes right through his hand. Ooh. And burns him in his blood. And it turns out in the future, um, they found a way to turn the sun red. So he's losing his powers. He's not so strong. Oh, cool! And that's that's the, that's the um, the lead into the storyline. That's a good so con- he, that's a good conceit. That's yeah. Cool. There's, it's, it's a great scene where he holds up the blast goes through, and there's this look of fear on his face, and there's a blood splatter on his cheek from his hand because the the blast went through. And uh, it's it's really just it was like really fun. You know when you like we've discussed how Superman comics can be boring, but the, the movies and the TV shows, the cartoons are really exciting. Yep. yep. This was, this was that in comic form. Cool. Very cool. That's fun. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't buy it. Oh, um, <laughs> but the DC, the DC book I did buy, which I thought was, wasn't a, a pick of the week contender, but I thought it merited talking to was, um, countdown number 26. Um, and for those of you keeping score at home, we're just about at the halfway mark. almost of countdown. This is the halfway mark. This is the halfway mark. Notice a little uh, subtle change to the title this week? I, I was thrown off completely. They changed the title. Countdown to Final Crisis. Yes. And um, what has, for me, what has seemingly been a myriad of random stories through one device of a meeting of monitors all clicked into place for me. Wasn't it great? It was, I was like, all right, now this is going to get good. 
Yes. Like, and the thing is, a lot of people have a lot of people have struggled with this book. A lot of people have said, you know, it's not so good. It's good. It's uh, it's it's bad. Blah blah blah. It's not fifty two. And I, I'll be honest, I've been right there with you. I've been sticking with it. I haven't. I don't think it's been the best comic I've ever read. It's been difficult at times. Um, some of the stuff has been stronger. Some of the stuff has been weaker. It was the same thing with fifty two. To be honest with you, you know. Um, right. But what we have now is we have, you know, we've got there are multiple Earths. And throughout the storyline, you know, the monitors are aware of this multiple Earth. And one monitor is out there trying to find Ray Palmer because he's the key to all this. Another monitor who is a little more aggressive in what they need to do is back on the monitor satellite holding a meeting with all the monitors and basically rallies the troops and says, listen, you know – Something, something's happening. Something's changing. If we don't, if we don't stop it or fight back, we're all gonna, all these Earths are gonna be destroyed, and we're gonna be annihilated. So we need to fight back. He's militant. So, the mil- very militant. And in doing so, he kind of recaps the entire countdown story up to date. Um, we do get a little insight into what happened with the cliffhanger with um, Jason Todd, and you know he didn't actually kill Donna Troy and all this kind of stuff. Right. But they thought he did a good job of weaving in all the different stories out there and showing why they're important, or showing what the common the kind of the kind of common thread is. Right. And now it looks like like I finished reading. I'm like, okay, now it's on. Right. You know. Yeah. And we we always knew. I mean, I was suspected. Fifty two sort of sort of trudged along until a certain point where all the pieces clicked into place, and then you were like, boom! Now here we go. And I always hoped, assumed, wondered that Countdown eventually would hit that point where all of these disparate stories would come together and say, here's what they all mean, here's how they all tie together, now here we go. And I think that's just, this is the point we're at now. And this was an exciting issue, even though it was mostly a uh, recap of what we've gone before, it was still exciting because now you get to see how these all, events are all starting to fall, fall into place together. Yeah, I, I just thought, I thought it was just really, really interesting. And, and you know... And they've introduced a bunch of different devices and a bunch of different kind of plot points, stuff like that, that really have, have pulled me in. You know, yep. I'm, I'm curious now how this all will continue. And I'm, um, this was the bolt of energy I needed to get through, I think, to the next 25 issues. Did you um, see the artist of Scott Collins? I did see the artist of Scott Collins, and I also saw the art was really, really good until it looks like he got a little pressured and, ru- and rushed. <laughs> and, and a little some of the, towards the end, again, some of the art came a little, a little looser than I would have liked, but it was good to see Scott Collins' art, and it was a, a, a breath of fresh air. Um, yep. You know, so yeah. So countdown, awesome. Awesome. Good. Yeah, very, yep. very good. So, um, cool. So if you, um, if you, you know, want to follow up on countdown and get some of the back issues or get countdown number twenty six, you and you're in the New York City area, you can go to Jim Hanley's Universe, uh, which is one of America's best and most progressive comic book stores. Um, Jim Hanley's, uh, they they've got a whole ton of comics in every kind of variety you could ever want: superhero, crime, noir, mystery, mini, indie, black and white, manga, the adult fair. Ooh, hello. Uh, yeah, they've got it all. So um, go to New York City, uh, go to Jim Hanley's Universe where art and literature meet. They've got two locations, one in Manhattan, right across the street from the Empire State Building on 33rd Street, um, and the other one's at 325 New Dorp Lane in Staten Island. Um, so if you go into either store, tell them my fanboy sent you. Um, and if you want to visit them online, you can go to jhuniverse.com or you can go to their MySpace page at myspace.com slash Jim Hanley's Universe and, and friend them there and tell them my fanboy sent you. So uh, head over to Jim Hanley's Universe where art and literature meet. Excellent. All right. Hey, Ron, guess what's back? What's back? Oh, the dreaded bell. The oh. bell is back. Yay. Oh, I've been having nightmares about this bell, people. You have no we, idea. <laughs> so many books came out this week. We wanted to get as many as we could in. People have been asking what happened to the bell. We'll bring the bell back. Bell's back. Now, here's the thing. We don't want to overdo the bell. So the no. bell's only going to come out in, in special circumstances. And considering that we pretty much argued over the rest of the books to talk about in the podcast, Connor kind of stepped, put his foot down and says, it's time for the bell. The bell's back. The only the new thing you need to know about the bell, last time 10 seconds per book, this time 20 seconds per book. People want a little bit more with the bell. A little more a little breathing bit. room, but we still you're still under the gun. You're still under the clock. Yeah, so, so um, I'm going to start in 3, 2, 1. Countdown to Adventure, uh, Adam Beechin following Starfire and Animal Man. Uh, this is, I think, I thought the first issue was really good. The second issue took a little bit of a downturn. I thought the third issue has brought it back. Uh, there's a, some sort of virus that's out. And it's it's making everybody crazy. Starfire and Element have to figure it out. They may be falling in love. Okay, Daredevil Annual Number One. Uh, this is a written by Ed Brubaker, drawn by um, Andy Park. Oh no, Ed Brubaker's story, Andy Park's script, Leandro Fernandez pencils. Look beautiful. Story out of continuity, um, not tying into the main title. Um, Daredevil takes in a uh, in a ex-con and turns him into a superhero and tells him that he's Daredevil. Does anyone not know who Daredevil is? His secret identity. It's the worst kept secret in Marvel Comics. It was good though. 
All right. Um, Crime Bible, issue one, Five Lessons of Blood. Greg Rucka's um, miniseries featuring the new question, Renee Montoya, uh, talking about the Crime Bible, which I didn't quite understand all of it, um, but it was interesting, I think. Uh, I think more will be revealed in issue two. I was a little confused. Dynamo Five, number eight. Uh, uh, Jay Ferber and um, and Mahmoud Asrar. Uh, Two ninety nine cover price, first time. That's a reason to get it. Other reason, new story arc, great pickup point. If you want to read Dynamo Five, one of the best superhero comics being published right now, this is a great one to pick up. It continued on. Story arc looks really cool. We got introduced to some new characters. Um, really super super good key book. Robin Annual Number Seven. Uh, Keith Champagne, Jason Pearson. This this was a fantastic. Annual fantastic cover, great art, uh, a story that's that simultaneously in and out of continuity at the same time. It ties in a little bit to the to the Raza Ghoul storyline, but it also features Robin's ex girlfriend being his current girlfriend, which doesn't make any sense. But <laughs> it, it was fun. Mouse Guard, Winter 1152, issue number two, the second issue of the indie book that everybody loves. Um, if you saw Lord of the Rings. You can read this book and you'll feel the same. Um, uh, this is the this is the series where apparently the group of mice gets separated in the snow. Seemed a lot like the second movie, but that's just me. Um, but it was still good. It was beautiful, and I, I like reading it. Ah. Uh, Batman 670, The Re- Resurrection of Ra's al Ghul, The Prelude, uh, Grant Morrison, Tony Daniel, the new Batman artist, uh, used to draw uh, Teen Titans, some other books. Uh, basically what happens is the Ra's al Ghul wants to come back. He needs a body. His old body's deteriorating. He wanted, to have, he wanted to have Batman's kid. Batman's kid ran away. He tried to get him again. Batman's kid beat him up. Uh, it's really the Prelude issue. It hasn't happened a lot. There's not a lot of action in it. But... Great art, great writing. This has been more than 20 seconds. (laughs) All right. I can't keep keep the clock going and look at the book at the same time. Um, So that was the bell segment. (laughs) I'm going to go out on a limb and think maybe 20 seconds is too long. Too long. It's too long. I think maybe 15 might be the golden time. Yeah. So uh, maybe tune in, tune in at an, at an undetermined podcast in the future when we bring back the bell and we try 15 seconds. (laughs) One of these days we're going to get it right. Because 10 seconds was too short. I kind of like 10 seconds because it really yeah. forced you to get the pertinent information out. It did, yeah, no, I agree. But it was stifling, though. But 20 seconds, I felt like I had room to breathe, and then I actually finished before the bell rang. You know so. what happened 20 seconds is you had too much time to think. Yes, exactly, exactly. 10 seconds made you just jump right in. That was a lot of comics, Connor. That was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven comics. In... And I finished reading comics at like 2 in the morning on Wednesday, yeah. but I really enjoyed it. Like, it wasn't, you know those weeks where it's a chore? Yeah, no, dude, it took me days. I, I was still reading into Thursday night. It was crazy, yeah. So I was thankful I didn't have the pick this week. Whew. Yeah, no kidding. I'm also thankful may- I'm not – I'm sorry? <laughs> Maybe it's what killed Josh. I know, yeah. I was going to say that. <laughs> so anyway, so if you like the Bell segment this time, let us know. Um, honestly, I think 20 seconds is too long. But Yeah, I think I, I think you're not going to have liked it this time. Yeah, oh, I'm well. sorry. 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 <laughs> anyway, um, okay, cool. So let's move on to email. Um, our first email comes from Chris from St. Louis. Uh, who says, okay, I think I have a problem. I like the characters of Batman, Superman, Flash, and Hellboy, but only in other medias. I will watch animated or TV series and movies all day long, but I can't for the life of me enjoy any of their comics. I don't believe they're bad, except for Superman. <laughs> I just can't get into them. Is there something wrong with me? No. Yes, there is, Chris. Well, no. I think he's in the majority. I mean, most people in the world enjoy those characters in other media, not in the comics. Well, that's funny, because it's ironic, because Chris mirrors me in many different ways, in that... Um, I was a huge fan of Superman the motion picture in the 80s. I was right. a huge fan of the Flash television series. I love Batman the animated series. I love the Justice League animated series. I didn't start reading DC Comics till like 1998. Right. So what was interesting was that I really liked them, but I didn't read the comics at all. So I definitely where we come, uh, know where you're coming from. What changed me was I just said, I'm going to try them. And I read Mark Wade's Flash, and it blew me away, and that t- got me tied into it. So you just got to find one thing to kind of hook you into it, and then you can kind of immerse yourself. But there's nothing wrong with you if you don't like them in the comics. That's fine. For some reason, some the the divide, the ideological Marvel-DC divide isn't as prevalent when you get to comic media. No, because because unfortunately, it's because we're starred for anything. It's because I'll take whatever I can get. You know, it's it's that. Yeah, but you, you all begrudgingly enjoy Superman the movie. You actually really no, I was it. really really good. Yeah, no, exactly. So it's like it's, for some reason people get really partisan in the comic world. Like, oh, Marvel. See, oh, but, but here's but here's the but thing. Then when it comes to movies, TV, they don't really care. But here's the thing about DC more so than Marvel. DC for many many years has been so um so have been so iconic that right. I didn't need to read the comics to get Batman. I didn't need to read the comics to get Superman. I got That's it. True. Whereas when I was you know thirteen. 
I, I understood the Fantastic Four. I knew there was a Rocky dude and a Fire dude and stuff like that. But, you know, it, if I watched the Fantastic Four movie, I wouldn't understand the family dynamic and all that kind of, you know what I mean? Like, Marvel, for some reason, you really needed to read it to get it, you know? And so, like, especially Spider-Man. Like, growing up, you know Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, do anything a spider can. Um, and anybody who knows how to use audio programs can turn that into a ringtone. So there you go. Ron's <laughs> my fan voicing Spider-Man. Anyway, um, and but you didn't know the... Aunt May's always sick, trying to make the rent, the girls, like every little bit of layering of character development that Stan and all the other art, all the other creators did with the Spider-Man character for the past 40 years, you didn't get that from Spider-Man and his amazing friends, you know? So, I mean, it's just, it's interesting how I think that DC is more relatable than Marvel, so. Universally, I, anyway. Uni- yeah, universally accessible, not relatable, accessible. Yeah. yeah, so, interesting. Andrew writes and says, I've been listening to the podcast for six months, just recently gone back to the beginning. Uh, just for fun, one thing I've noticed in the, is the people would email you and ask your opinions about books that you had no idea about, but now highly recommend. For example, Ron hadn't looked at Walking Dead, none of you have read Fell, and other books like that. So if you look back, can you guys see how your wallets have taken bigger hits since you started the podcast, and people recommend to ask you about more and more books? What are some books that you really enjoyed now that you discovered due to the podcast? You should know I've never, I had never read Why, Walking Dead, Fables, Preacher, Powers, or Invincible before listening to the podcasts. So thank you. That's a great question, and I think it, it, it breaks out into um, what books did we start reading because we started doing the podcast together mm-hmm. versus what books did people who listen to the podcast turn us on to? Well, I have a mini, a mini list, which is no way comprehensive, but just stuff I jotted down. Wow, you, you prepared for this podcast? I know, seriously. I'm impressed. Connor, you constantly make us look bad. It's like so hard to live <laughs> up to the example you give. It's amazing. I had, I had a free, free hour. <laughs> um, fell. Yes. Which you mentioned in the email, but Fell was one of the big ones that the readers turned us on to. Fell is a big one. Uh, Checkmate was, was the one that we got shamed into buying and now we all love. Yep. Uh, Fear Agent was one I got recommended off of the web, off of iFanboy.com and then spread to you guys. Um, Strange Girl, same same thing. Yep. X Factor I started reading because of your pick of the week, Ron. Yep. Awesome. Uh, DMZ I started reading during the show. Yep. Not, Sort of because of the show and fables from 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 Josh is constantly talking about it. Yeah, well, we just got confirmed that it sucks, but still, anyway. No, just kidding, <laughs> no, fables tough. fans. There, just there are more. Yes, yeah. I, uh, one that comes to mind for me is uh, was nightly news. Was that yes. um, was that that was a book that we that we that I didn't pick up. You picked up in the first issue and kind of dismissed it. Um, every a lot of people that listen to the podcast talked about it. I picked up in trade and I was like, "Fuck! I dropped the ball. I missed it. I, like, damn it." So um, right. that, that was definitely, um, yeah. It's I mean, it's it's funny how people always complain to us that we make them spend money and and they've and it they works all, both ways. It, it totally, totally works both ways. We are buying more comics than I think we've ever bought in our lives. It's, it's but you're right. There's yeah. different streams. It's it's yeah. it's books the fans turn us on to. It's books I get turned on to because of you two guys. Yep. And it's books I start I read because I feel like I should read important books. Yeah. That are I, coming I, out. I would for personally for me I would put Ex Machina on that list. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I would have bought Ex Machina if I think I think Josh or you started buying it and said and, and we talked about it on the podcast. I mean, like that was right. what got me into Ex Machina. So yeah, so yeah, it's interesting. So yep. um, cool. Well, um, so if you have any books that uh, that you think we should be reading, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com, Write in, send an email, give us your questions. Maybe we'll read it on the podcast or on the video show. So. Netflix has over 75,000 titles and they've got no late fees, free shipping both ways, and they got super fast delivery. Plans start as low as $4.99 a month. You go, to, you go to Netflix, you make a list of your movies, it sends you a list of the movie on the top of your list, you watch it, you send it back, it sends you the next movie. It's really super easy. Uh, if you go to www.netflix.com slash iFanboy, you can get a two-week free trial and check it out. That's www.netflix.com slash iFanboy. Awesome. I love the Netflix. Yes. All right, cool. So on to the voicemails. Um, our first voicemail comes from Chris from Seattle, uh, who has a question for Josh, but it really should be for me. <laughs> hey, iFanboys. It's uh, Chris from Seattle. I was wondering, you guys love Phonogram, or at least I think, if I remember correctly, Josh loved it. But, and I was wondering if he'd looked up Long, Hums, Lock, <clears throat> Long Hot Summer by Damien McKelvey as well. And if he had, what did he think? All right. Thanks, boys. Have a nice night. So, as mentioned before the voicemail, I think he was thinking of me. 
Um, yes. I'm was the fan of Phonogram. I was the fan of Kieran's art. Well, we were all fans. Yeah, of we all. Were fans, but we I was the, probably the biggest fan. I was more psyched to Phonogram because I like the subject matter, the Britpop kind of thing. Um, but you guys all appreciated uh, Jamie McKelvey's art, and then we all were into Suburban Glamour coming out. Um, funny story about Long Hot Summer, and I actually posted about this uh, back in the summer, ironically, um, on iFanboy.com. That if you do a search, if you go to iFanboy.com and search in the little search box for Long Hot Summer, you'll find it. But um, I did read Long Hot Summer this past summer. Um, I was in my comic book store and I saw they got it in and I freaked out because I thought it was a new book by Jamie that I didn't know about. And remember, I grabbed it. I called you. I'm like, I got a new Jamie McKelvey book. And yes. then I looked it up and I'm like, it came out two years ago. <laughs> Crap. But anyway, to you. Uh, Long Hot Summer, is a, it was written by Eric Stevenson of Image Comics, uh, executive editor or executive director of fame, and, um, and drawn by Jamie McKelvey. And it was good. It was interesting to see McKelvey's art evolve in that this is an early, early work. And you see it got better with Phonogram and got even better with Suburban Glamour. Oh, so um, much. So, oh, so good. Um, the book was it takes place in the late 80s in L.A. about a bunch of mod kids and, and kind of fighting over a girl. It was right up my alley. I really liked it. It was a good, good, good book. Um, but interestingly enough about Jamie McKelvey is that there was a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a, a, a to-do on the forums this week. Um, yes. If you go to ifanboy.com and click on the forums, you can get over to the forums that are on Revision 3. And uh, there was some, I believe, uh, Quack, uh, Quack Talk started to ask, uh, ask the question, an innocent question about Suburban Glamour, which then leads it led to a very large discussion, which led to J- actually Jamie McKelvey showing up and addressing some of the questions. So, yes. um, so we want to thank Jamie and also tell all you folks who listen to iFanboy, if you've got questions, ask them on iFanboy. You never know who's going to turn up. So, That's true. Yeah, we've seen Tony Moore in recent days. We've seen Jamie. We've seen Kieran Gillen of Phonogram has come to the sites. Jamie S. Rich, another writer. So, you know, all I'm saying, it's a good place to be. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a happening place. Yes. <laughs> All right, our next voice. Uh, we, our, our next voicemail um, has got questions about a big issue over at Marvel. Hi guys, this is Dan from Durham, North Carolina. I was just wondering what your thoughts and opinions were on the kind of quietly announced delay of Spider-Man: One More Day, Brave New Day, something day. Uh, pretty much not coming out for a while, which I think it was supposed to be like a weekly or bi-weekly series originally. Um, love to know your thoughts on this. So, uh, yeah, cool. Thanks. Uh, keep doing a good job because you're doing awesome. Thanks. Bye. I would not be afraid to say that one more day is an unmitigated disaster. What I love is it's not one more day. It's one more delay. Yeah, that's the that's joke. <laughs> I love that I, joke. <laughs> this was the announced weekly four-issue event that was going to take us into the new status quo for Spider-Man, uh, the new relaunched semi-weekly Amazing Spider-Man book by all these top-shelf creators. Um, not top-shelf, but top-tier, yeah, top-shelf as a company. I get you, yeah. High-profile um, high creators. Yeah, uh, like, you know, uh, McNiven's return to art. Oh, we're now Phil, we're waiting. Phil, Phil Jimenez. Yeah, I mean, with this 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 weekly series is now how many months old? It's we're in. It came out in September, and we're now in November. Okay, well, hang on. Let's. From what I understand of the chronology, it was originally supposed to be a six issue weekly series, and then it got knocked down to four issues. Right. And then, who knows now what the timing is? And it's ostensibly on hold. And I gotta give credit to, and I know, I know that you know some of our longtime listeners know that we're you know we're friends with Augie DeBleek over at Comic Book Resources. But in Augie's pipeline column this past week, he nailed the issue: is that the the vanity aspect of having Joe Casada draw this book and then delay and then having JMS write it when apparently JMS has been having a very big year and stuff like that has set a ripple through Marvel that is worse than the Civil War delay. Because yeah. what happened with the Civil War delay was that at least they wrote another, they wrote a couple more books to give to retailers, so they didn't lose money. At least they they were able to you know to juggle some of the release schedules so that books you know they they could keep the schedules of the great series stuff like that going. What this is now doing is the Spider Man titles is, is ostensibly on hold. There are no Spider Man books. There are no Spider Man books on the racks right now. Writers and artists aren't working because of this. Retailers, retailers have nothing to sell because of Marvel's this. Marvel's not making any money. The retailers are making no money. They're losing. They had, they had four monthly Spider-Man books, and now they've got zero. Yeah. Now, and what I think is even more crazy is that um, Marvel's been really quiet about this. Is that oh yeah, like, uh, they've let the they've, every announcement of a new delay has been slipped out like a Friday yeah. afternoon, you know, where yeah. there's no news. It's it's just very it's it's very strange to the point where. 
you wonder what the hell is going on over there. Yeah, and don't get, don't get us wrong. I mean, we love Marvel. We love the folks over Marvel, and you know, but like, we're not gonna let this kind of go. Let this thing kind of go. This is bad. This is bad for comics, and it just sucks. It just it's one of those situations that just sucks. And that they announced it however long ago. You thought that they would have had enough lead time. You thought by and by now we should be knee deep in the new Amazing Spider Man. I want Phil Jimenez on Spider Man. I want to see what Bob Gale's going to write. I want to see Doc Brown and uh, go out with Aunt May. <laughs> awesome. I know. Oh, genius. That would be awesome. Yeah, wouldn't it? But, he yeah. doesn't need a cosmic reboot. He gets a Doc Brown time machine. Yeah, anyway, we can rant and rave on this, but yeah, we're pretty pissed about it. I mean, I, I mean, we're as pissed as you can get about it. It's I'm more I'm more concerned about it. It just sucks that, that right now, if a 12-year-old kid wanted a Spider-Man book, he's not going to find one. Well, he's going to find Ultimate Spider-Man. That's what we'll find. Right. So... And maybe he's just pushing more and more Dolphin Spider-Man. Yeah, it's just oh, miserable. Anyway, all right. So our next uh, voicemail has uh, shares a, um, a complaint that uh, Connor agrees with. Hi, this is Luke from Denver. Uh, my biggest problem with comic shops is that they're full of long boxes, and long boxes tend to be unattractive when you first fill them up and then generally get less attractive as they move on. Uh, they're just kind of big and they don't really tell you what's in them unless you write in crappy handwriting, you know, X-Men on the front of the box. I don't use long boxes, but it's really difficult to store comics in any other way. So I'm asking if you're aware of any way to store single issues without having to use the dreaded long box. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's totally right because you get a you get a long box and it's not the prettiest thing in the world, but you know it's it's got that visceral comic book thing to it. But you know, in in a month it gets a little bit yellow and then no, yellower and yellower. And dude, then I was uh, well, I was looking at my thirty two long boxes at home, and I could show you ones that I bought in nineteen ninety two that look awful. They're they like, they're just ugly, over, yeah. and over time they get uglier. It's but the, the thing is, is that I don't have an answer, Luke. I mean, the closest answer I can give you is there's a product called Drawer Boxes. Um, if you go to Google, just type drawer boxes. I can't say drawer. Um, D-R-A-W-E-R. Yeah, my Long Island accent doesn't let me say it. I want to say draw. Um, but yeah, they are they are a evolution of long boxes. They're still cardboard, but they're designed to stand up and stack on another, and they make it really easier to pull. They basically like drawers. Um, yeah, you don't have to take all the boxes down to get to the one on the bottom. Other than that, I would say to build some sort of custom unit, which is what I, I actually started sketching out a few years ago, but I never got around to building it. Um, but uh, they're right. You know, if someone wanted to make a lot of money, they can make high-end comic book storage uh, furniture. They really should. It's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a gaping hole in the market because yeah. long boxes are by no means the, the most efficient way of doing this. Yeah. Oh, anyway. All right. And our last voicemail uh, reminds us that Christmas is coming. Oh. Hey, iFanboys, this is Matt from Simi Valley, California. Um, hey, uh, I have a brother who's a big Superman fan, and he's also a big Daredevil fan. Christmas is coming up, and I was wondering what trades would you recommend for those characters? Like, what are the big the big stories that, you know, have been told with those characters? Um, you know, just trying to get some gift ideas, so... Uh, just, you know, throw a couple options out there. There's a possibility he might have a few. So, um, yeah, all right, let me know. Thanks a lot. Keep up the good work, guys. Bye. The holidays are indeed coming. Um, oh, God, and, I'm and not ready. Good for Matt trying to get ahead of the curve to, to purchase some books. Okay, so I'll uh, so Daredevil... Um, just go to just look for anything written by Brian Michael Bendis, preferably Volume 1, um, and just start from there. Um, that run on Daredevil is great. You might also want to look at there's the Daredevil Frank Miller um, omnibus, which is a good, great thing to pick up, um, as well as the Kevin Smith Daredevil. So, uh, what about Superman, Connor? Superman, um, the one that people seem to really love, who are fans and non-fans alike, Superman for all seasons from Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, one of their first, not one of their first, one of their early collaborations. Yeah. Uh, that one's that one's really continuity free and just pure Superman action, uh, not action, but su- Superman stories. Um, there's also, I really love, and it's a bit controversial because whenever I mention it, people email me and ask if I'm crazy, but John Byrne's Man of Steel miniseries, which was the um, miniseries coming out of Crisis, which rebooted Superman in 1986, and it's really, really, really good Superman books. Yeah, you always talk very highly of that. So Yeah. Cool. I got an email asking if I was out of my mind. I am. <laughs> so, but, um, but, so Matt's got the right idea, and if you have your holiday shopping needs, you, we got everything that you need here at iFanboy. 
It's amazing. Yes. Um, we're actually very proud. We're, we're going to announce it in the show. We're just going to announce it a little earlier than we normally would have. But um, from now on, when you go to ifanboy.com, there's going to be a link up in the top nav uh, that's going to say store. And if you go to ifanboy.com forward slash store, um, you can see that we're now partnering, partnering with Amazon. And we are making it that much easier for you to find your comics. And not just comics, DVDs, video games, um, all the other th- electronics, everything else that you need, ifanboy.com slash store, that's your, that's your one-stop shopping spot. Um, it's actually going to be really cool because we're going to be able to highlight the books that we talk about on the podcast and on the video show, as well as we're going to have a couple of picks, you know, Connor's picks, Ron's picks, Josh's picks, that sort of thing. Uh, but with the holiday seasons coming up, Amazon's a great. I do all my shopping through Amazon. Absolutely. So, um, and the, I even buy the Prime membership so I can get this shit quick. Exactly. So the good folks on Amazon helped us out with setting the store up for mainly for you guys. So, and of course, you know, Middle East helps us out a little, but um, but we we wanted to make it easier for you to find the comics we talk about. So uh, head over to ifanboy.com forward slash store or just click the store link uh, um, on the site. You know what that is? What is that? That is an interesting topic for a video show. What do you think? I think it is. Hmm. So. I think I'm going to write that down. Yeah, why don't you? Video, ah, smart, smart. So if you have any other ideas for the video show or any questions, um, you can call and leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys That's 326-2697. Um, and leave a voicemail. We might play it on the show or the video show. Excellent. All right, cool. So um, uh, we're doing okay with that, Josh. I miss him. But, but, <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're we're a floundering in a sea of disaster. Uh, well, you, uh, you've been cheating on us, haven't you? I did. I uh, I was proud to have been a guest on the Fuzzy Typewriter podcast. A great podcast. Uh, a great podcast from Paul Montgomery. It's an all-media thing. He basically talks about books, TV, movie. Uh, he does some little bit of radio drama. Basically, whatever catches his fancy. I guessed it on his show last week. We talked about Mad Men, the excellent show from the AMC network in the United States. Um, we basically spent we spent so long talking about Mad Men, in fact, that it's spilling over into a second episode, wow. which um, will be appearing uh, along. You know, it'll be out the same day you're hearing this. So, uh, Fuzzy Typewriter. If you go to iTunes, search Fuzzy Typewriter, or if you go, um, there'll be a link to this Fuzzy Typewriter on iFanboy or on the forums. So check it out. We had a really good time talking about um, Mad Men. It's a great show. Cool. Excellent. Um, so for those of you who haven't turned the podcast off yet, and this is the true test, um, yes. we're very excited that we've got a contest, a giveaway. Um, you might, if you, if you frequent iFanboy.com, you might have saw earlier this week uh, or, or earlier last week, we gave away uh, five free tickets to the upcoming movie Beowulf. Uh, which is a actually related to comics in that it's the uh, 3D animation version of the classic poem that's like one of the oldest stories of time. The screenplay was actually written by Neil Gaiman. How about yes. that? So, um, but what's really interesting is that there's a comic book tie-in in that IDW has been is publishing a weekly Beowulf series, and we've is got Joe Casada drawing it. No, he's not, thankfully. Okay. Um, and it's uh, not written by Neil Gaiman, but it's based off his screenplay. And um, IDW is publishing it, and they're also collecting all four issues of the weekly series into a nice, nifty collector set. And we've got one collector. We're going to have one collector set to give away to a lucky iFanboy listener. Yes. All right. So here's what you need to do. You need to send an email to contact at ifanboy.com, subject line, Beowulf oh, – what is the subject line going to be? <laughs> Beowulf comic giveaway. Yes. You need to send an email to contact at ifanboy.com. The subject line will be Beowulf comic giveaway. All right, Beowulf comic giveaway. And you need to answer this trivia question. Neil Gaiman, who wrote the screenplay to Beowulf the movie – is a, a prolific novelist, comic book writer. You love him on Sandman. You love him on what it was the, the movie that came out this year. Um, the one that no Stardust one or whatever it yes. was. Yeah. Yes. Okay. What was his first book? What was it about? The first person to send that email with that right answer will win the comic book set. Yes. It's pretty dramatic, huh? That was a dramatic dun, 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 dun. So email contact at ifanboy.com, subject line, Beowulf comic giveaway. What was the subject matter of Neil Gaiman's first book? And the title. And and the title. Ooh, you just you just amped it up there. And make sure in your email you put your name and your um, location. Yes, and we'll need your email address, which we'll get when you email us. So yes. thank you. All right. Good luck to all of you. We're just giving things away left and right. Hey, that's what days. happens here at iFanboy. It's like Christmas yes. every week. <laughs> All right, so um, be sure to – so if you don't want to miss out on the next big giveaway or contest or whatever, go to ifanboy.com where you can read Josh's Pick of the Week review, read the great discussion. You can also see there's also great um, um, articles and, and posts and discussion there. Um, you know, This week we had a lot of great content, a lot of good times on the website, so go to ifanboy.com. Don't forget to check out every Saturday we've got our video show, which 
completely different than this show. It's uh, at revision3.com slash ifanboy or at ifanboy.com. Uh, this week, this past week, was the Top Shelf episode. Yes. And uh, next week, it's going to be, we're going into the vault again. We're going oh, we, we to, we, we got some interesting mind of uh, offbeat suggestions for you to pick and check out. So Yeah, um, so check it out every Saturday, iFanboy. And you can also go to revision3.com slash iFanboy, and there's a link to the discussion forums, and there's also a link on iFanboy.com to the forums where a lot of great discussion, ha- kind of free-for-all discussion kind of happens. So. Yes. Um, if you like iFanboy, tell the world, wear a t-shirt. Uh, go to jinx.com slash iFanboy where you can buy uh, one of the great iFanboy intern t-shirts where everybody's joining the intern nation. They're selling out fast, so if you want one and want to get one for Christmas or before Christmas, make sure you go soon. Um, and also, if you buy one and get one, send in a picture um, and email it to jinx.com and they'll send you some free stickers and, and send it to us too. We want to see more pictures, people. Yes. So, yes. As mentioned before, you can send us an email at contact at ifanboy.com or leave us a voicemail at 1-888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Questions, comments, concerns, show topic ideas, uh, crazy rants. We love it all. Yes. So, um, and of course, you're, you're a podcast listener. You're a discerning internet user. You're, you're an early adopter. You're probably on the MySpace or the comic space or the Verb or the Facebook or the Twitter. Well, you can follow us there. Um, most likely it's myspace.com slash ifanboy, comicspace.com slash ifanboy, verb.com slash ifanboy, Facebook, look for the ifanboy group, or twitter.com slash ifanboy. Woo! Whew. We're busy. Yes. Uh, if you like the show, you can write a review on iTunes for both the audio show and the video show. We love when you do that. It gives good feedback. It's nice to see what you think about the show. Even better than that is you can tell your friends about the show. They read comics and they don't. Uh, just tell, tell, us about, tell them about the show. Tell your mom. Tell your comic book people. Spread the word. <laughs> spread the iFanboy word. Yeah, and if you do like iFanboy and, um, and you need to get rid of some of your money, uh, <laughs> go to iFanboy.com slash store, buy something from Amazon, get something out of it, or you can go to iFanboy.com slash donations and throw us a couple, of, uh, a couple of bucks our way to help us bring you great content. So, um, Wow. It's harder to do that with just two of us. It's easier yeah. when Josh is there. Yeah. So um, by this yeah. point, I'm usually I'm usually drinking. <laughs> so again, um, we miss Josh. We want to yes. reassure everybody that he is okay, all is well. Um, he's a little bit lighter. That's it. Yeah, he's a little bit lighter. Luckily, the the transplant came through. So he was, <laughs> <laughs> that's awful. Um, but yeah, no. But anyway, so Josh will be back next week, hopefully. Um, and like we said, you can you can give your get well wishes to him on the on ifanboy.com. I'm sure he'd like to see it. So, um, all right, cool. So until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And um, i got to go look up the answer to the Beowulf question now. (laughs) (laughs) I hope he wrote a book. I'm so alive. Jesus. (laughs) 